Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning is written for us in Genesis chapter 2, beginning at the 18th verse. We read in Jesus' name. Please stand. The Lord God said, It is not good for man, for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is a suitable partner for him. Out of the soil, the Lord God had formed every wild animal and every bird of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called every living creature, that became its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the sky and to every wild animal, but for Adam. No helper was found who was a suitable partner for him. The Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. As the man slept, the Lord God took a rib and closed up the place where it had been. Excuse me, closed up the flesh where it had been. The Lord God built a woman from the rib he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, Now this one is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will remain united with his wife. And they will become one flesh. So far our text. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Sanctify us through the truth. 
Your word is truth. Amen. Please be seated. In Jesus the Christ, dear fellow redeemed, if you were to take the time to read Genesis chapter 1, you would read an overview of the creation of the world. And every day after God had been busy making things, he looks at what he had made and he says, it is good. And after six days of creation, he looked at everything he had made and he said, he said it is very good. But then when we go to chapter 2, in the whole creation account, there is only one time that God says, it is not good. And that's when he looked at Adam alone. Now, God wasn't saying that Adam was deficient in some way. God had made Adam perfectly. But it was not good that Adam was alone. And that, that Hebrew word, it, it means to be separated from or apart. So Adam by himself, separated, apart from creation, you might say, was not good. In the middle verses of our text, God had Adam name all the animals. God brought them to him, the livestock and wild animals of the land, and Adam named them. In one sense, it was Adam demonstrating or practicing his dominion and rule over creation. But at the conclusion of that naming process... God had recorded there was no one that was found as a suitable helper for Adam. After looking at all that God had made to roam on the earth and fly in the air, it was still not good that Adam be alone. And so God created Eve. He caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep. A deep enough sleep that Adam wouldn't realize that a rib had been taken. And then he closed up the place with flesh. And from that rib, he made Eve. God had taken Adam out of the ground and breathed into his body the breath of life. But with Eve, he took Adam's rib and made a woman for Adam from that rib. Now, when Adam woke up and he saw the woman that God had brought to him, notice what he said. He said, now, this one is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Adam understood the intimate 
relationship that God had created between him and Eve. More than anyone on the face of the earth, any husband on the face of the earth, Adam could truly look at his wife and say, you are bone of my bones. You are flesh of my flesh. Because you were taken out of me. But that intimacy, that unique connection that Adam physically experienced is the same connection that every husband and wife are to have. Because at the end of our text, whether it's Adam speaking or commentary, there's debate on that. It says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. In the marriage bond, a mystery happens where a man and a woman are made one flesh. Marriage today is being deprived of its mystery and its majesty. Even within the church, the the common trend is for a man and a woman to cohabitate before marriage. Marriage is seen as optional And maybe marriage is even seen as a negative thing. The sexual relationship is viewed as just some commerce exchange. Where two people agree to interact in a very intimate way. But there's there's nothing special about it. At best, it's just the exchange of bodily fluids. But the sexual relationship is so much more than that. There is a mystery that happens. And I would suggest that our society is suffering the consequences of not seeing this mystery. Not only because of broken families, but because of the psychological And the mental consequences of treating sex and the body and mind so lightly. God's institution of marriage is a good thing. It was not good for Adam to be alone, apart, separated. So God made him someone just for him. Marriage is a good thing. And marriage is to be a good thing, so much so that God even uses marriage as a picture of his relationship with the believer. An intimate relationship. A relationship full of promises, just like marriage. God promises those who believe in him, who are intimately connected with him, that he'll never leave them or forsake them. 
Our marriage vows go up to death, but the vows that God gives us go beyond death. In John chapter 6, Jesus three times tells us that he will raise believers on the last day. Jesus isn't going to abandon us to the grave. But one day we'll call our bodies out of it to be in the great wedding feast above. God is faithful. He will keep his promises and forgive all of your sins. And our bridegroom Jesus has proven it because he was willing to sacrifice his life in our place. His love for us was so deep, so committed, so faithful that he was willing to bear our sins in his body and to suffer what he did not deserve in our place so that he could keep all of his promises to us. So God is faithful. He will keep his promises. And this God who loves us so much has given us a good institution in marriage. Marriage is intended to be a blessing for all of mankind. May we see it as God sees it and esteem it rightly. To God be the glory, now and forever. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen. Today in our prayers, we've been asked to remember Estelle Vliga and her family. Um, Estelle's mother died at the age of 76 this week. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace on behalf of Estelle and her family. We thank you that in your wisdom and love, you have seen fit to take Estelle's mother, Bob Tesh, out of this world. We pray that you would use this difficulty, this time of sorrow, and draw them all closer to you. Comfort them with your grace. May the glorious hope of the resurrection and the heavenly reunion of your saints lift them up. Grant them wonderful memories of this faithful Christian mother and grandmother. Heavenly Father, we also ask that you would change us so that we would properly value your gift of marriage. For those of us who are married, we pray that you would increase the value of our spouses in our eyes and in our actions. And for those who aren't married, Lord, we pray that in your good time, you would bring together someone made just for them and fill them with all the joy that you intend in this blessed union. Father, we commend all things into your hands. In the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.